The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. State Senator Amanda Chase says she'll introduce a bill designed to ban all abortions in Virginia. In a video posted to her Facebook page Monday, the Chesterfield County Republican called her proposal the Life Begins at Conception Act. This is the protection of the born and the preborn under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. In a statement, Planned Parenthood of Virginia warned the legislation could restrict a wide range of reproductive health care, including in vitro fertilization. The bill faces almost certain defeat in the Democratic-controlled state Senate. A September poll from the University of Mary Washington found 60 percent of Virginians believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Latino voters drifted away from Democrats in 2020. The abortion issue, though, could bring them back. Polling shows it's a top concern. Ben Pavia reports on how that's playing out in one Virginia district where Latino voters could decide the race. It's standing room only at a 90s-themed restaurant on the outskirts of Fredericksburg, Virginia. The crowd is here to see Yesley Vega, a Republican running for Virginia's 7th Congressional District. Vega delivers a blistering attack at Democrats and the media, who she says are out to get her. But guess what? What's been predestined for us in heaven, no man or liberal can take from us. Vega, whose parents immigrated from El Salvador, headed Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's efforts to reach Latino voters in last year's election. Now he's campaigning with her. This year we are going to smash all records and send the first Latino Virginian to Congress from the Commonwealth. Marcia Fuentes is one of those cheering in the crowd. She says she and Vega went to the same church growing up. First of all, she has that guidance of God. Because everything comes from God. Like Vega, Fuentes' father is a pastor of an evangelical church. She says her faith guides all her decisions, even political ones, especially on abortion. Once you put a child in your wound, that's it. He needs to come to life. Because nobody has a right to kill a child. Fuentes says she'd like to see Congress ban the procedure. And Vega seemed to agree, saying during the Republican primary that she found liberal states' abortion laws, quote, unacceptable. But speaking to reporters after the event, Vega distances herself from a national abortion ban. It's settled law. The Supreme Court got it right, and now they've reverted that back to the states. And so it's a state issue. It's not a federal issue anymore. Her campaign staff shoes me away when I try to ask a follow-up question. Abortion is a touchy topic for Vega, especially after Axios published a recording of her seeming to downplay the risk of someone getting pregnant after a rape. Democratic Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger is drawing a sharp contrast with Vega on reproductive rights. For a woman who may choose abortion, that is up to her and her medical professional. The former CIA officer won her seat in 2018 in an upset casting herself as a pragmatist willing to work with Republicans. New political maps pushed her district north toward the outer edges of Washington, D.C. It's also become more diverse. Almost one in five voters identify as Latino, and almost half aren't white. 
Spanberger's campaign has tried to speak directly to those voters with Spanish-language ads. Soy Abigail Spanberger, y ha sido un honor representar a las familias de Virginia en el Congreso. While Vega has run bilingual TV ads. And cut taxes. In Congress, I'll do the same. Mi nombre es Yesli Vega, y yo apruebo este mensaje. Both of those ads focus on the economy. Polling from Pew in August showed it topped the list of issues Latino voters rank as very important. It's top of mind for Sergio Del Castillo when I catch him leaving the grocery store. He normally votes for Democrats, but this year he's frustrated with both parties. Because they promise something, but they don't do it. <laughs> he says he's also worried about school safety and crime. When I ask him about the Supreme Court's decision on abortion rights, Del Castillo sounds much more like a Democrat. I hope that we win and get it back. That tracks with broader trends. Pew found abortion was a very important issue for 57% of Latino voters in August, up 15 percentage points since March. It's one reason some Democratic voters give for showing up on a recent Saturday morning for an event aimed at bilingual volunteers. Elizabeth Guzman, a Democratic delegate in the state legislature, warms up the crowd with some swipes at Vega. Being an elected official is beyond your skin color. It's beyond your last name. It's actually what you're going to do for that community. It's Elena Lane's first time volunteering for the campaign. She's a realtor and reliable Democratic voter. And she says the Supreme Court's decision was a real blow. I wanted to cry because it's something they took the right to, to a woman after 56 years. And that is not positive in the future of the country. It's not lost on Lane that abortion is now legal in her native Mexico. She believes the only way for the U.S. to protect abortion access is for voters to elect Democrats like Spanberger in November. For NPR News, I'm Ben Pavier in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Some call center employees staged strikes across the country on Tuesday, including in Chester, Virginia, the site of a Maximus call center. Maximus contracts with the federal government to handle customer service calls for Medicare and the Affordable Care Act. Megan Pauley reports. It's the first day of open enrollment on the federal health care marketplace, and James Weir expects to be handling back-to-back calls, as usual. We're slammed. I mean, from open to close, I, I work 10 hours a day. Among the demands, he wants an additional 30-minute break from calls per shift. Weir says this is especially necessary after answering a difficult or even abusive call. We don't have time to compose ourselves. We don't have time to get it together. Weir and other Virginia-based employees have joined Maximus workers from Kentucky, Mississippi, and Louisiana in their fight for this extra break. They're also asking for more protection from abusive callers and increased pay. A spokesperson for Maximus told VPM News that employees are empowered to drop calls with abusive callers. The company did not address the two other demands. Megan Pauley, VPM News. Hampton Roads leaders recently sent a letter to the state opposing Governor Glenn Youngkin's planned withdrawal from Reggie. That's the regional greenhouse gas initiative that Virginia joined in 2020. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO News has more. Governor Youngkin vowed early this year to leave Reggie. It's been a hot topic since before he even took office. The initiative makes power plants of a certain size buy allowances for their carbon dioxide emissions and sell them at quarterly auctions. That money is then divided among participating states. Almost half of Virginia's share goes to a flood preparedness fund. $25 million has been granted for projects in flood-prone Hampton Roads. That's the most of anywhere in the state. 
We are the most vulnerable region in the state. So having this source of funding has been a huge deal for our communities. That's Ben McFarlane with the Hampton Roads Planning District Commission. It represents 17 cities and counties. He says the commission voiced their concerns because local officials rely on the flood money. The idea that we can just go back to not having this amount of state funding, it doesn't mean that the projects will get funded some other way. It means that the projects will not get done. If Virginia does leave Reggie, he says the administration should find another revenue source for the fund. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. Two state nonprofits are set to craft freshwater mussel restoration plans with funding from the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. The James River Association and Chesapeake Bay Foundation received about $125,000 for the projects. A 2021 Bay Program report found mussels are essential critters that help keep waterways clean by filtering out pollutants, but they're endangered across the watershed. State nonprofits working on waterfowl and wetland management also received federal grants. Richmond brewer Hardywood has a new beer on tap for Veterans Day. Ever Forward American Lager is a special release in partnership with Virginia National Guard Historical Foundation. The name comes from the World War I rallying cry of a Virginia-based infantry regiment. An official with the Virginia Guard says the beer helps raise awareness for the foundation's upcoming initiatives, including the proposed Museum of the Virginia National Guard in Richmond. Ever Forward will launch on November 11th with a release party at the Hardywood West Creek location. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.